we were able to catch up with a bunch of players down in Florida, and we are happy to do the same for you as the Red Bulls now in the midst of preseason part two in Arizona from sunny Tucson. I'm Matt Harmon from the New York Red Bulls Radio Network, and we will uh, kick this episode off. We'll call this episode number four. We've got Red Bull midfielder Sean Davis up first, and then we'll be joined by one of the newest Red Bull signees, Marcus Epps, coming up a little bit after the break. But as I say, a very good day to uh, Sean Davis, where's number 27 for the New York Red Bulls. We like being able to talk homegrown guys, and Sean being one of those uh, starting his fifth year in Major League Soccer five years see i remember talking to you a couple of years ago and and as i was getting ready for this interview with you this popped in my mind for something a couple of years ago here in arizona it was after dax mccarty was traded and you and i talked exclusively about how are you going to fill that gap right right now a couple years later Sasha Kleshin traded, Felipe traded. So out of that midfield, you were the next guy that was going to come up and fill some of those spots. Yeah. And now, Sean, you've kind of established yourself as as a Red Bull mainstay in that midfield. Yeah, first of all, I'll say hi to everyone. Uh, it's great to be on, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, but to get back to your question, yeah, I mean, my initial thought is that I'm you know, grateful for the position that I'm in now. I, I'm not sure you know, if you told me this uh, years ago, if we rewinded like you mentioned and you told me that those three guys would be gone and I'd still be here, I'm not sure I would have believed you, but I think it exemplifies the faith that um, the club has in myself, but also homegrown players in general. And I hope that uh, younger players within the club can look up to my path and, you know, guys like Tyler and see that there is a, you know, a clear path for um, homegrown guys to come in, work hard, contribute, and earn minutes uh, within, you know, the best league in, in the U.S. So i um, really lucky to be here, really happy, and, you know, I've learned so much along the way, so it's been great. So you signed your homegrown contract in December of 2014, before the start right. of the 2015 season. Since that point, you've had guys like Tyler Adams, like Ben Mines, like Derek Etienne, um, Omir Fernandez just signing right. during the course of the offseason. How much do you maybe talk to those guys? Do, do, do guys reach out to other homegrown guys, yourself, a Connor Laid, and say, am I making the right decision? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I've never personally, you know, had to reach out to a player on an individual basis, but players come in all the time and train with USL, train with the first team, and so that's where we start to build, um, you know, a closer relationship, and they get a feel for what it's like at this level, and then I think it's just an honest assessment of where you're at as a player, where the club um, thinks you fit in, and then deciding whether, you know, maybe it's better for you to go to college for a few years, or it's better to, you know, step in right away and really give everything you got to, to this uh, career and so I respect guys that make both decisions for me it was uh, better at the time to go to school I wasn't quite ready for the pro level and to be honest you know Red Bull didn't have the infrastructure that it it, it uh, has today and so um, I think that younger players are really fortunate to have this USL team um, to have Red Bull too and and have a team where you can play at a really competitive level, understand the philosophy of the club, and uh, find a way to, to fight for minutes with the first team. You know, it's interesting because you went four years to Duke. You have a guy like Derek who played a year at UVA, right. Alex a couple years at Georgetown, Omir a couple years at Wake Forest. There's really no right or wrong way to do right. it because of Ben Mines or, or Tyler Adams. They decided not to go to school. Right. It's really, as you said, 
uh, a path that everyone can kind of do individually. But I like what you said in there, and maybe you can expand on a little bit, the infrastructure of the academy system and the club overall, different from probably when you started and signed to even now fast forward four or five years later for guys that are coming through. Yeah, and, um, you know, the first thing I'll say is that the way I look at it, especially in our landscape now, it's developed so much. But every guy's running their own race, and they have to make a decision that suits them best. And so, you have, like I said, you have to make an honest assessment about where you're at, what your goals are, and where you see yourself fitting in. And a lot of that comes down to individual mentality. And, um, you know, for other guys, it's better to, to go pro sooner. And then for guys like myself, I'm happy with the way that I did it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a case-by-case basis for sure. But one thing that's for sure is that the infrastructure has grown so much and the club has been able to build uh, a path for every youth player that plays in the academy. And so when you look at the USL team, it's grown so much. John Walnack has done a great job of understanding, you know, how to bring guys along. And I think that there's a really good relationship between both teams to find a way to develop players the most to contribute for the first team. And so you look at our roster and a lot of guys have earn their earn their stripes through the USL team. It's not always easy uh, going back and forth. Um, it's definitely a challenge mentally, um, but it makes you a better player. It makes you a better pro, and I think that that's, again, what, what has made this club so successful over the past four or five years and has allowed younger players to really step up and make a difference. Think about the 2015 season, and I know a special one for you because you started your professional career, uh, worked with Red Bull too a little bit, then got some MLS minutes during the course of that yeah. season. But was the highlight of that year when you were able to suit up and play Chelsea when they came over in, in that friendly and be part of that victory? Yeah, that was definitely a highlight for sure. But I think my, my MLS debut was um, better for me. Uh, personally, I felt more proud about that moment. Um, with the Chelsea game, it was an unbelievable I mean, you did um, have experience. a couple of goals. Yeah, yeah. We can't forget about that, of course. Um, but I think, again, talking about how difficult it is to come in as a young player and earn minutes with the first team. There's so much work that goes on behind the scenes. And, um, you know, you have to train well every single day. You have to show up with the right attitude. You have to show respect for the older players while also, you know, trying your best in training and pushing them. And so there's a lot of unique challenges for younger players that people on the outside don't really see. And especially at a club club like this where every detail is under the microscope, um, you really have to be on your A game at all times. And so a lot of work goes in behind the scenes to earn those MLS minutes. And so that would personally be my highlight, Um, you know, getting in against San Jose, getting a few starts. I think you know, when people ask me about my rookie year, my favorite part was going out to Portland. I believe Dax or Felipe got a red card against New England midweek, and we played in Portland, um, which is obviously an incredible environment, and we able we were able to to pick up the result, and um, I I had a strong game, and so that's actually my proudest moment of my rookie year. But to give you a little more detail on the Chelsea game, um, I'll always enjoy talking about that moment. That's when kind of Tyler and I started to develop our relationship. And I remember uh, the day before we played Philadelphia Union in the Open Cup. And Jesse had spoke to me about, you know, being ready to go off the bench. And I knew that if I played against Philly, I wouldn't play against Chelsea. Um, And now looking back, fortunately, I didn't because that was a great experience. And we had a lot of young guys, uh, again, talking about USL 
guys who played with USL for half a year um, stepped up, came to the first team, and we put on a great performance. And I think that was the start of, you know, something really special within our club and, um, you know, demonstrated that uh, the importance of the, uh, the Red Bull 2 team. You know, you, you just mentioned Tyler Adams, a guy that you knew through the academy system, uh, played with over the course of the last couple of years, both with Red Bull 2 and with the senior team in Major League Soccer. As you see him make his move uh, to Leipzig and be part of the Bundesliga, is there a sense of, I'll say pride, because I'm not sure how else to describe it, because he came from essentially the same place as you. Right. He, he's a guy that came up through the academy, has been part of the same system as you, and he makes that move in the offseason. And you, you've been able to see up close and personal what you knew he could right. be potentially doing, and he's doing it right now. Yeah, again, I think it... Um it reinforces all the values of the club here in, in uh, New York and, you know, everything that the club stands for, and that's giving younger players a chance to develop. And with Tyler, he's obviously obviously a special case. His mentality is, um, you know, bar none. He's He shows up every day ready to work. He doesn't back down from anyone, and I think that's what's going to allow him to really succeed in Europe. And we've already seen his performances in um, the Bundesliga and in their uh, cup and He's doing so well, um, but it, you know, I think for a lot of us here, it doesn't surprise us. And um, again, I think it's great for the younger players within the club to see, um, you know, how much the club invests in younger players and how much they believe in them, and that it's a great stepping stone if you want to have that uh, career in Europe, which Tyler um, is now proving to everyone. And so, again, none of us are surprised, but we're all really happy for him. And it's great hearing stories already about his experiences um, playing in the Bundesliga. Sean Davis giving us some time here as we are doing some players-only podcasts. We call it Kicking It here on the New York Red Bulls radio network from the uh, second stop of the Red Bulls preseason tour down in Arizona, getting set for the Champions League, which will come up in mid-February. So, Here's the here's a question for you, and I can't think of anybody better to ask this question. Thinking of Tyler, because one of the off-season questions was, how are the Red Bulls going to replace Tyler Adams? You're a guy that played next to him over the course of the last couple of years, so I'm just going to throw it to you. How are the New York Red Bulls yeah. going to replace Tyler Adams? Yeah, I mean, the first thing you have to think about is uh, that this is a question that seems to come up every single year now. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we've lost Dax. We weren't sure what we were going to do. The world was ending. And then we lost Sasha, and then we lost Felipe. And so every year, um, you know, there's players that come and there's players that go. And now we're losing Tyler, who's obviously a special talent. Um, but I think you have to trust the staff, and um, they've gotten it right so many times at this club so far. And they've gotten it right these past years when we've lost big pieces. And, you know, I think we can look within. We can look um, at players that – have been established here for a while and then um, also bringing Mark back is huge and so I think uh, it's going to be another year where every player on the team is going to be expected to bring more to the table. Um, it's not going to be one guy that's going to replace a guy like Tyler but instead I think all of us are going to have to step up and continue to bring more um, to the group and I think the experiences last year went a long way for a lot of us and I think uh, the group is feeling confident about where we're at now in preseason. So you just said the staff has always gotten it right and I want to talk about your relationship with some of the staff because you think for you in in 2015 you start your career 
I'm not sure that you could have laid it out much better to have two guys who played essentially the same kind of position as you between Jesse and now Chris. Um, your relationship with, with both, is it is it I'm sure it's different and unique in its own way, but how much from a from a standpoint of I, I can talk to these guys on a different level because they were playing in a way the same kind of spot that I play now. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, with Jesse, he had a really strong MLS career. And when I was coming up through, you know, the first team, he always stressed the importance of showing up every single day ready to work. And so that's something that I think he demonstrated not only as a coach, but even when he would come and train with us. His intensity, his um, eagerness to win um, was fantastic. And he's a great role model for all of us. And then you have Chris, who played at the national team, the highest level, and he's a guy that really puts himself in the player's shoes, especially in my shoes. He always knows what I'm thinking on the field because he's been there so many times, and he does a great job of understanding you know, what we're thinking in certain moments and tweaking our mentality so that we can continue to add things to our game. And so I already feel that, you know, with many years under Jesse, I grew a lot, and now with Chris, I'm growing in different ways. And so... Again, I can't stress how lucky I feel to be at this club with these coaches, especially with guys who have played in my position, who who are proven, who had proven themselves um, within this league and know what it's all about. Um, there's really nothing better than that in terms of my development, and so that's helped me continue to grow uh, year on year. And so again, I'm really thankful for that. So you look at the roster, the way that it's constructed, uh, con- constructed so far this season. You've got. The veteran guys like a Brad, like a Connor Laid, like a Luis, um, those I'll say mid-range guys like yourself, a Tim Parker, now an hour and long, and then a lot of young guys. What's the what's the dynamic that takes place between everybody? I mean, listen, I see it on on the field, um, and it seems like there's always a lot of joking, but yet serious when it comes right. to training. Uh, is it is it a team that genuinely, despite a massive difference of age from the youngest 17, 18 to the oldest mid thirties that genuinely does get along with one another. Yeah. We have a great team culture here. And again, you have to give credit to the staff for that because they, they do their research on players and they only bring in guys that they know can fit um, in a number of ways, not only on the field, but off the field. And then you talk about the leadership of the veteran players. It's been amazing ever since I've been here. They've been great influences, great locker room guys. And, you know, now with Brad and Luis, and Connor, there's, you know, the expectation that those mid-range guys you mentioned, like myself, Aaron Long, Tim Parker, even a guy like Alex Mule, um, you know, we, we're not going to rely on the veterans as heavily in the sense that they don't have to pull as much weight. And there's going to be more expected from, from us and more leadership from us um, in that middle range. And I think that you can already see that in the uh, in preseason so far. Guys uh, have taken a bigger role within training, within games. And I think that's, again, what's going to help us um, become a better team is holding each other accountable. And, you know, Chris talks about it all the time is that great teams, the players hold each other accountable. And I think that that's been a, a strong message for us so far in preseason. And we're here to help Luis, Brad, and guys like Connor as much as possible. And, um, you know, luckily we've been under their wings for so long. And now we're ready to, again, take steps forward as as uh, veterans and leaders. So because he's going to be on with us uh, after we take a break and 
joined us in our second segment, a guy like Marcus Epps who comes over from Philadelphia, I'm sure completely different culture, completely different tactics, mentality, everything. How difficult is it for a guy who comes over in the offseason and gets thrown into a Red Bull preseason and and not just a normal preseason, a preseason of which you guys are looking forward to another run in Champions League. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I think when Marcus comes on, you should ask him about the session we had today um, because actually for guys who logged a lot of minutes the other game, um, we didn't train as much as they did, but it was a very demanding session and I'm not sure he's seen anything like it. Um, so be sure to ask him about that. But uh, it's always interesting when you talk about new players coming into the team because our system is so complex. Um, there's so many little details that you have to get right that maybe watching from the outside, um, it's difficult to pick up. But as a player, uh, there's so much film you have to watch. There's um, different tendencies that you have to look for, look out for. And for a new guy, that's uh, you know a lot of information to digest, especially in the first few weeks. But with a guy like Marcus, I mean, you you look at his preseason so far. He's come in with great energy. Um, he's always smiling. He's always willing to learn, and he brings something different to the team. And that he's very quick. He's very fast. He has the ability to beat defenders one on one and he can always get a shot off and so I think um, as time goes on he'll continue to to learn about the system as he gets more and more games Um, you know he'll continue to understand those uh, little details I mentioned Um, but he's a guy that I think we're all really excited about and we're all really happy to have because he brings that positive energy every day he's happy to he he's happy to be here he's willing to learn and uh, we love having him around. I'm not sure that it was a worry or a concern but I I would say it was probably a relief that last year in April you signed a new contract something that you didn't have to go through an entire year and worry about um, and it was almost like I can get that off of my shoulder and I don't have to think about it for the whole rest of the year yeah without a doubt and um, you know negotiations are never easy uh, at any level uh, for any career and um, you know, I was happy to get that out of the way so that I could focus, you know, on the team and helping the team and having a strong season. And, um, you know, looking back, I wouldn't change anything. I'm really happy with the year that the team had, and I'm really happy with um, my contribution as well. And, you know, the idea that we won the Shield was really special. Setting the record for points um, in the regular season was awesome. Um, and so... I'm just really, again, thankful, and I, I want to continue to build on that going forward. All right, so when we were down in Florida, um, the subject of college basketball came up mm-hmm. with Tim Parker, who's yeah. a St. John's guy, and yeah. at that time we were talking about, you know, his team was getting a lack of respect, and right, we, yeah. we spoke of— I think we've all seen that with Tim on Twitter lately about <laughs> St. John's and how they don't get the respect they deserve, but yeah, continue, sorry. Well, no, no, that's fine, And but then you look at it, yourself, Duke, Derek— uh, an affiliation with UVA. Yeah. Connor is a St. John's guy. How much, uh, and and I've seen it on different levels, but whether it's college basketball or even something, I feel like every fall I hear you guys rant and rave about fantasy football. Yeah. How much are the the guys that play, how much do you actually follow other sports and maybe get into it with the guys about certain things? Yeah, I mean, especially with uh, when it comes to Duke, I think Brian White and myself, we're very careful. We tread carefully because we know Listen, we have— Listen, nobody a, likes Duke, Yeah, right? exactly. We know we have a target on our back, and so we just let the teams and their results speak for themselves, especially the basketball team. Um, when they played St. John's, you mentioned Tim Parker. He doesn't stop tweeting when they win, and then you don't hear from him when they <laughs> lose. And on the record, I, I want 
everyone listening to know that Duke beat them by, I want to say, 30 points. Um, and we didn't rub it in Tim's face. We didn't say anything to him after the game. He wouldn't look at us, but it wasn't because of anything we said. But he had been talking a lot of smack for a, for a long time. And, um, you know, again, the results just take care of themselves. There's nothing uh, – they speak for themselves, and there's nothing else we need to say. Um, and now I just forgot your question, but – No, that was it. Yeah, no, as long as people know. But, I mean, there is some banter oh, that takes place. Oh, doubt, yeah. I mean, some guys – You're going even... with, I'm from Duke, I'm going to go with the quiet confidence routine? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Maybe not in college football, but uh, college soccer, we had a very strong year. College basketball is going well so far. Then there's certain guys who just can't even, you know, partake in these discussions, like Aaron Long, who went to Riverside, or I don't even <laughs> think he graduated, and so you never hear him talking about his school. So there's certain guys that can uh, be involved in the discussions, and I think Brian, Brian White, and myself handle ourselves uh, pretty well, pretty classy. Um, but then there's guys like Tim who like to make a lot of noise, which I respect. Um, but then when it comes down to game time, we let the results speak for themselves. Let the results speak for themselves. Sean Davis uh, joining us here on our Players Only podcast in the New York Red Bulls radio network. You can find us via our two-day radio app on the New York Red Bulls app as well. If you haven't downloaded that, make sure you do it. Uh, great spot to get all information that involves the team getting ready for the CONCACAF Champions League, which will start in February down in the Dominican Republic. Sean, last year's run was really something spectacular. Uh, a game away from getting into the finals. Um, I'll leave you with with this last question. I'm sure we'll talk to each other again during the course of the year as well. But from a player standpoint, knowing that that carrot was so close a season ago, does it make it that much more special to think that this team can do it again this season? Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that last year's run, it left us wanting more. Um, And it was a fantastic experience to go through um, the Champions League knockout rounds and now we have a better understanding of what to expect especially after a few games in Mexico but without a doubt the you know the first thing we have to take care of is the series um, in Dominican Republic we're not looking past that at all Um, we want to have a strong start we want to go down there impose our style and play well and that's the most important thing you have to take it game by game you can't look too far ahead you can't think about Mexican teams you have to earn the right to play against them and um, you know, we're not looking past uh, the team that we're going to face down in Dominican Republic. We've already started prepping. And so uh, I think we're all really excited to be back in Champions League. It's an, it's an honor to play in that competition. Not every player gets a chance to do that. But again, I think it reflects how well the club has uh, done over the course of, you know, five years that we've been able to play Champions League so frequently. And anytime you get to step on the field, uh, you really need to earn that, earn that right. And so that's what we're going to be looking to do in Dominican Republic. I appreciate you coming by, giving us a couple minutes during preseason. Uh, look forward to seeing you the, the rest of the time here in Arizona and obviously as the season starts up again this year. Great, Matt. Thank you so much. Red Bull midfielder Sean Davis will take a quick time out here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Come back with more of Kicking It, our players-only podcast. On the flip side of this quick timeout, we'll hear from new Red Bull signee Marcus Epps. Download the New York Red Bulls app today to stay up to date on everything New York Red Bulls. Buy, share, and scan your tickets. Get all the latest news and content and listen to New York Red Bulls radio in English and Spanish. Then flip to arena mode to find concessions near your location and get real-time answers from the Red Bulls chatbot. Available now on iOS and Android or visit NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information. 
We are back. It is episode four. It is Kicking It, our players-only podcast here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. I'm Matt Harmon. We thank Sean Davis for coming by and getting us ready for this second segment, which is the newest, one of the newest members of the New York Red Bulls. That is Marcus Epps, who came over in the offseason uh, move, uh, most recently with the Philadelphia Union and now with the New York Red Bulls. Marcus, how are you doing today? I'm great. Great. Good to be here. Appreciate you coming by. Um, so let's, you know, it, it, it's so interesting to me on so many levels. The first thing I want to talk to you about is what it's going to be like making a move from one team to another, not just in the same conference, but two teams that oftentimes do I say don't necessarily like each other. You're smack in the <laughs> middle of a rivalry yeah. and you've been on one side and now you're on the other. Definitely. Uh, it's definitely different. You know, uh, being at uh, Philadelphia two years, you know, kind of got trained to of tactics of how Red Bull plays, you know, getting after Red Bull. And, and to be on that other side, you know, it was, it was a shock, you know, hearing that I was coming to this team. I, obviously, I was very excited because it's a great organization. But, you know, it's it's, it's kind of different. You know, I, I, I talk to old teammates and, they're, you know, they're like, oh, you're with the enemy now, you're with the enemy. But it's a, it's a good little relationship, you know, especially the, co- the competition. You know, it's good drive. It pushes both teams, and I'm just happy to be still in the mix, you know. So are there, uh, if, if you think of it, when New York and Philadelphia play, you could probably say this in any sport, but, but with the Union and the Red Bulls, is there a dislike between the teams is that fair to say yeah that's fair to say you know it's a dislike but it's more of a respect you know uh from uh i know from previous i was on with philadelphia you know it's a dislike but it's also a respect you know it's obviously red bull is a great club and accomplished so much you know so it's more uh you know a, a positive dislike you know but there's definitely definitely a little dislike but it's good to be on to see from this side you know because i feel from new york side it's more you know just more respect as well, you know, that uh, Philadelphia looks at them that way and, and that they always give them their best game. So it's just uh, it's just good to see both sides, you know, and to use that as a tool to grow as a player. Well, you look good in red. I'll say that. You look good in the red. Um, you know, when we had Sean on before, I was talking to him because he's a guy who's so familiar with everything that involves the Red Bulls, an academy guy, a homegrown signee. And we actually started to talk about what it's like for a new player like yourself to come in in the offseason. Uh, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't follow up on this because he, he actually said to me, make sure you ask Marcus about a training session from a couple of days ago. Um, so as we record here, I want to say two days, two days ago, when the guys who played a lot of minutes against Phoenix didn't have a whole lot going on, but there was a whole nother group of 12, 15 guys who really got after it. He said, ask Marcus about that training session because in a way, in a positive towards you, he said it was probably a little eye-opening, like this is the way we do things with the New York Red Bulls. Definitely, definitely. You know, uh, two two days ago, we had a training where the guys who played majority of the minutes, they did a little lighter work and then stayed after and watching the guys who didn't. Um, we got after it, and it was a very, very, very intense training session. You know, a lot of a lot of energy, not a lot of rest, just – just a whole lot of heart, you know. His, uh, soccer was a big part of it as well, but it's just about heart and competing, you know. And it was great to see, to see like that aspect, and that's what Red Bull is, you know. The, all the guys who played and um, they stayed after pushing the session as well, you know. But coming from a new club to seeing that that session two days ago, it's probably one of the toughest sessions I've ever been a part of, you know. And it was good to to get that characteristic of Red Bull, you know, ingrained in you that. Not only are we a soccer playing team, but 
it's it's heart here and it's it's com, com, like compete here and and will here you know so it was definitely a tough session so I definitely get why Sean asked you to to bring that up but it's it's a great learning experience like I said you know just coming from one one team and and seeing you know that that a Red Bull you know that being such a great club this is what this is what it's all about that that heart and that competition and that will you know so. So take me take me to the end of the 2018 season, uh, and and what it's like when the union year comes to a close. There's always that gap in between. Okay, am I staying? Am I going? Then you learn that essentially you're going, um, and then you do get picked up. But in between the time that you're let go from Philadelphia and picked up for New York, what is Marcus Epps thinking about? Is it a diff? I mean, it's got to be a difficult oh, definitely, time. Definitely, you know, um, you know that period, like that that time frame period for players is very tough, you know. And for me personally, it was a, uh, it was a tough time, you know, just because uh, I knew that I was leaving, uh, Union at the time, and uh, I knew I knew that there were a few teams interested, but there were no solid, you know, information. You know, there's teams saying interest, but you hear that you know from different guys everywhere so during that time you know you kind of just try to keep your mind off of that and just focus on what you can do which is you know go go to the gym work out go to the field get touches in um you know spend time with your family you know kind of unwind until you hear something else you know and um in that time frame that was definitely my mindset was to to spend time with family spend time on the field just work on what I can and kind of let the business handle itself is there a thought at all that as you're let go from one team and you don't know if or who someone is going to pick you up, that maybe it's time to move on. Uh, you know, there's that's definitely in the back of every player's mind. You know, and, it, and for you, I'm thinking far back. Yeah, like, you're not for ready me, for that. Yeah, yet. No, nowhere near. Yeah, for me, it was it wasn't it wasn't thought about that much. You know, I always felt that if it if no team here wanted me that I'll pick up and go somewhere else you know soccer is always my my number one passion and I I'm going to pursue that as long as I can you know as long as I'm able to as long as God's willing so that was definitely uh it's definitely a thought you know you think about but you try not to let it uh, get in your head that much and for me I try not to think about it at all. Marcus Epps giving us some time here our players only podcast kicking it on the New York Red Bulls radio network Uh, so here's one for you how does a kid that is born and grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, get involved with soccer. No disrespect yeah, no. to Jackson and or Mississippi, <laughs> so please don't misinterpret, but it's not necessarily regarded as a hotbed of soccer, right? I mean, that's football country down in the SEC. So how's Marcus Epps come to come to fall in love with the game of soccer? Uh, you know, for me, I actually was blessed. You know, I have two older brothers, and um, like you said, uh, the oldest one, he was a football guy, was a basketball guy, you know, multi-sport guy, and... Uh, he just one day decided to ask my dad, you know, I want to play soccer. And uh, at the time, you know, my dad knew nothing about soccer. He said he had to go to the library to pick up books and learn stuff. But through that, my brother played until he finished. And then my middle brother picked it up, and he picked it up at a younger age, so he was kind of more serious. And from there, uh, my dad and a few other dads who were friends with my brothers, you know, they, they made a local club, you know. And at that time, I was born, so... I was two around the field, and my dad had a big responsibility with the club, so we were always running around. You know, both my brothers played for there, and and my dad was helping organize everything. My mom was helping organize, so I was just a baby just on the field. So soccer really was all I knew 
So I was blessed in that in that regard, and and I was blessed with that organization, you know, uh, CJSO. It was uh, more like a family, you know. A lot of those guys play soccer. A few play in the league right now. So it was just, uh, you know, it's, it's rare. It's a rare situation because you know soccer in Mississippi still not that big. But so did your dad coach you yeah, as you grew up? Definitely, yeah. He coached me until I was like 11. You know, and he always put me in like two, three age groups or older. You know, I was like six playing you ten. You know, because in, like you said, Mississippi is not that, not that much competition to play against. So, like I said, it was a blessing. You know, just the support that I got from my family and and uh, you know teammates in that time, and it was just uh, it was just a blessing there. So. So then you go Mississippi, then you're picked up and spend four years at the University of South Florida. Uh, so in the first part of Red Bull preseason camp, when you guys are in that area, um, is is Marcus Epps? Is he the is he the team resource? Is everyone saying, okay, Marcus, this is just, this is your area. Where are we going tonight? What are we doing? What's going on down in this area of the country? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I know my way around that area very well. You know, spending four years there and. Uh, even with uh, Philadelphia, we used to come and do preseason in that area as well. So I know a lot of guys reached out, you know, haircuts, food places and all. But a lot of guys on this team are, you know, well-knowledge. They spent time in Florida as well, so they know a lot of things. But I was definitely a resource for the guys while we were down there. What's been the if – it's, if it's more than one, I'll say, what's been the hardest or what's been a couple of the hardest things making the transition from one team to the next? Um, I would say, you know – that the short period of time, you know, uh, I think I I found out about the, you know, the transition in January and then I'm here January, you know, and then you're with the team all right away and you have to learn the tactics, you have to learn style of play, you know, characteristics of the team, the heart and everything. I just think that, uh, you know, the time span getting adjusted to it is is the hardest thing. But here, there, you know, the coaching staff is great. You know, you hear you hear feedback from everyone, you know, and then the teammates, you know, you hear feedback from everyone. So that's definitely been a big part of helping me adjust. But I would say the time frame is the biggest thing. But, you know, as that as time goes on, you know, you get more comfortable and then get and it's been great. You've played against it, obviously, with Philadelphia and New York uh, playing one another. And m- most people would say, OK, Red Bulls are defined by their high press uh, high energy system where does as you think about it and you make that transition from Philadelphia Union player to New York Red Bull player and knowing really without knowing the ins and outs of all the tactics tactics but at least the style of play how does Marcus Epps fit with the New York Red Bulls in terms of what they want to do on the field um, you know I think I, the the characteristic and the, the mindset behind it is 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 a big part of who I am, you know. I want to be on the ball. If I don't have it, I want to win it back fast. You know, I want to high press. I want to be high pace on and off the ball, you know. So I think that aspect of it plays well, you know. And like you said, uh, playing against Red Bull, being such a, a big competitor with Philly, you know, you kind of hear their tactics a lot from the outside, you know. And so that's always something I, I kind of mesh with when we're playing with playing against them, you know. And so now playing with them, hearing the ins and outs and hearing the details of it, you know, it just makes me love it even more, you know, how how much goes into the press. You know, it's not just blind running. It's not just, you know, high energy with no thought. It's a lot of thought going into it. And so learning that aspect of it just makes me, like, mesh with it even more, makes me enjoy it even more. And so it's been it's been very fun, you know, getting to so tell me in uh, whether it's Florida or now here as we talk in 
Arizona. Um, as you look around the the training room, the the training field, the locker room, who's been the guy that in this transition for you has and, and and again it could be more than one but maybe there's one that's kind of stood out who was one of the first guys who came up to you and welcomed you into the club um you know there's there's been a lot you know this 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 team is very very good with that you know with uh getting players adjusted you know i could say like luis robles uh um you know brad you know a lot of guys you know sean kyle duncan you know everyone who i've come in contact with they 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 always try to go above and beyond, you know, helping players, you know, adjust. And so for me, it's just been a collection of guys, you know. I can always ask anyone, hey, what do we do now? Or, or hey, what does the schedule look like? Or or guys would just go out of their way and be like, hey, Marcus, you know, this, this or that. So it's just been great. You know, the whole team has been very helpful in this transition. I'm just thankful. How how difficult is it for you to think, okay, there there is that learning curve, um, maybe early in the season, there's still those growing pains as you learn the ins and outs of the system and the tactics. If Marcus Epps could choose, this is my 2019 season, not talking about stats, but how does Marcus Epps contribute um, in, in a perfect scenario for you going into this year with New York? Um, definitely. I would say that, uh, you know, bringing my like 1v1 and my creativity going forward, bringing that with the team, you know, and my speed, you know, the the guys, you know, it's a great system here and, and you know, how we talked about there's a great uh, system set up for tactics and how we play and, and uh, what we want to look for going forward. And, and I would just love to be able to bring my individual talents for as far as, you know, speed and behind and 1v1 and creativity and mesh that with the group and, and bring that, you know, in the office of third, how, however that looks, you know, with the team. But that would be definitely a goal for me going into the season is just meshing the Red Bull characteristic and the style of play and system with Marcus Epps' creativity and 1v1 and speed of play, you know, and just getting results. You think of um, having having played with the Union against New York. Um, we'll finish with hopefully a, a fun one here for you. As you think to yourself when you were on the field against New York mm-hmm. – or even talking to other guys who were with Philadelphia, who was the guy on the current Red Bull roster mm-hmm. that the guys on the Union just scratch their head and say, "Oh man, he talks too much on the field. We don't like that guy." <laughs> if you have a chance, you know, maybe get a little extra dig in uh, if you can. Who, who who was that guy? Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, New York is a vocal team uh, with Philly. I don't know if it was so much with talking. But playing against, you know, the guys hated playing against Kamar, you know, because he's so tough and athletic, you know. So he would always get stuck in and always, you know, come through guys, make sure you felt them when he's defending. So I would say, uh, you know, Kamar was one of the guys, you know, playing against that that the union, you know, we didn't we didn't enjoy playing against. You know? That's a good one. Listen, I know somebody who's going to like to hear that. Kamar. Kamar is going to really like to hear that. So you've endeared yourself uh, certainly to him. I appreciate you coming by, giving us some time here. I know preseason is crazy for you guys. Um, Really looking forward to seeing you get on the field, wearing the the red of New York and being on the other side of the rivalry. Continued health, success. We'll talk to you down the line. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That is Red Bull midfielder Marcus Epps. That wraps up another edition of our Players Only Podcast. Kicking it. Want to thank Gordon Stevenson, our technical advisor, Sean Davis, who joined us in the first segment. Marcus Epps here in the second. I'm Matt Harmon in the New York Red Bulls radio network. We'll see you episode number five.